misogyny or age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. Hello. Hello. It's Reg Clay. Craig Nicholson. It's November the 18th. How are you doing, Craig? Hello, Craig. All right, Reg. Good morning. Morning. Every Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's kind of like the other morning cartoon. I don't know. servants returned. 
satisfaction in other ways. And it's, when you don't participate, I mean, you know, the church declines. I mean, it's it's like the, the, the third servant that buries their treasures. And there's this psychology behind fear. I mean, there's always a psychology behind fear. Uh, let's say you have been stunted, you know, at a, at a young age. And let's be honest, you know, there's some bad churches out there that um, they, there's some churches right now, we've been talking, we talked about Roy Moore off mic. That's the guy who's running for the Senate for uh, Alabama. And there's some ministers who are supporting Roy Moore, which is, it, you know, shocks the daylights out of me. I mean, there's these running against uh, a guy named uh, Dan. Uh, hold on for a second. I have this thing here. We're not going to go too much on it. Uh, Doug Jones. So Doug Jones was an individual who I uh, helped prosecute and get a conviction for a lot of the Ku Klux Klan members who had firebombed the 16th Street uh, Baptist Church a uh, long, long time ago in 1964 that killed four uh, black girls. And the people of Alabama would rather, and those ministers who support Roy Moore, would rather support that person who wants to have sex with 13 and 14-year-olds than the person who prosecuted, you know, um, the justice for Selma. Right, exactly, right. So, um, and, and so what does this have to do with, uh, so I understand how some churches can, you know, um, give a negative effect for individuals who are looking to connect and to, to, to connect to their community and connect to their own faith. And they stunt them. And they say, well, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to contribute to my community. I'm not going to contribute to God because, well, look at what's happening there. There's, you know, there's, look at the, um, the, uh, the hypocrisy that's happening over there. 
what's happening there that has nothing to do with you. I think, it, I think it's about uh, these particular people uh, putting a fence around themselves, mm-hmm. too. I mean, one of, the, one of the things I was talking about is, like, what I learned is how to be a team player. When yeah. This fellowship. Yeah. What I've learned is that it's the breaking down of those barriers between me mm-hmm. and the outside world. And things are being shattered right now. Yeah. I mean, just this violent kind of hypocrisy that's happening in Alabama. Yeah. Kind of violent hypocrisy that's happening in Charlottesville. Sure. Um, the things that are happening with the examination right now of men. Yeah. And the way they've behaved in society. Sure. And the way they will not be tolerated. Sure. Any law. Uh, Frank and Louis C.K., uh, Roy Moore, yeah, you Carl on Brett. It's, it's all Einstein. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like, you know, the sheep and the goats, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, it's, it's all coming down. Those barriers are, are coming down. Um, like the first two sermons, you know, they're, you know, society is, uh, is asking us right now to mix it up, to get out, you know, and examine our, ourselves in the light of others, in the interaction, and the things that we do, and the things that we don't do. Right. I think one of the things that I found interesting here mm-hmm. is, um, and we can talk about this a little bit, yeah. is that you know, this orthodox kind of way of, mm-hmm. of and conventional kind of religion it, you know, identifies sin mm-hmm. as, as pride, yeah. as ego. However, there's, there's, a, there's an entirely other way to look at it through the human condition, and it's called sloth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the some biblical sentence right now. It's yeah. like, you know, like everybody heard, heard it. Yeah. Sloth, sloth means really I mean, not caring. Yeah. It means not loving, yeah. not rejoicing, not living up to your full potential mm-hmm. of humanity, playing it safe, yeah. investing in nothing, yeah. being cautious, being prudent. Taking a whole, I call it putting a wall around yourself. Yeah. You know, clunking yourself in this kind of like, well, I'm a good Christian, I'm an Orthodox, you know, I do my thing, I go there every day. Mm-hmm. But, if, but if you're not mixing it up, if you're not loving, yeah. if you're not interacting, it's like taking a hole in the ground and burying your money in the ground. And, and, and the master is saying at the end, yeah. To say a parable, I think, and it's, it's a warning yeah. that playing it safe mm-hmm. is equal to death. It's just like being banished into the outer darkness. And this is a parable. These are fake people. This didn't happen. Master didn't give you know millions of dollars to his slaves mm-hmm. and say, "I'm right here. I'm trusting you. This come back later." It's all a story. In fact, it begins as a story as. You know, which Christ does, and Matthew does, and this is like, he's telling Christ telling yeah. the stories. So yeah. It's as if the kingdom of heaven is right, right, right. This crazy, you know, super rich guy gives <laughs> money to these people, right? And it's like, this is not earth. This is not, this is, this is as if the kingdom of heaven, he's described the kingdom of heaven yeah. all the time, you know, we yeah. have. Earth is in heaven. Um, what 
Christ has tried to get us is to have a heaven here on earth. And yeah. these are stories to kind of like say, this is how you live. Right. This is how you should live. Right. I wanted to touch into uh, while you were talking, you mentioned sloth, and it's one of those trigger words that just, you know, just oh. hit me. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, everybody has like, has like little, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, it hit me because, um, one of the things about sloth is you don't have to do anything to be slothful. I mean, it's just one, it, it reminds me of like mildew. It's about inactivity. Exactly. <laughs> but you, you remember the movie Seven? Oh, yeah. I don't want to ignore just And it talked about, you know, the serial killer who focuses on the seven deadly sins. Right, right. But I want to read you, and this is very personal. This is a journal entry. I write a journal entry pretty much every day. Oh, wow. And I've kept one since 1992. I really actually had one. Even earlier than that. Wow. But I wrote a passage about sloth. Oh, did you? And I talked, and, and I, I just wanted, I'm not going to take too much time. Did you have some time to do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so <laughs> funny. Uh, funny, funny. Uh, I wrote this October 6, 1995, um, on a Friday. Wow. And um, so, ever since I saw, I'll just read it, ever since I saw Seven, the great murder mystery flick starring Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, Freeman's words stick, stick with me. He mentioned that one of the victims committed the sin of being slothful. Sloth. I'm slothful. And I must break out of it. I don't want to go on with life and allow people to see me in this very bad light. I have no idea what people perceive me, how people perceive me. Perhaps they see me, a person, that's way too good and way too quick to anger. Well, that's another one of the sins, uh, seven deadly sins. Um, and I go on and on and on and on and on. Uh, what I do know is that the best of Reggie Clay Jr. hasn't turned the corner yet, but he's very close and good things are abound. Um, but I do look at every facet of my life and I want to get it all in order and not be satisfied with just the good things. Build the perfect house and good things will reside at it. Okay, now keep on going on. But at that time in my life, I was still in Washington, D.C. And um, I'm not sure what, I, I think I was just, I think I was just functioning, but I wasn't really doing anything. It was like I was just spinning my wheels. But you were, you were examining yourself, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, and I always, I always think it was Emerson who said that, you know, a life worth examining, a life not examined is, is not worth living, but it was actually Socrates. Oh, okay. And I said, no, it was Emerson who said a life worth examining, which, uh, but no, Emerson would never have said that. He was, he was, it's much more eloquent than that. But, but the, you're examining yourself, and that's, that's part of, um, that's part of how we get, mm -hmm. get to where we need to be. I mean, right. you know, well, what we're finding now, mm -hmm. I think, in, in this parable, is, yeah. is like, that was the rich then, you're kind of like, I'm gathering gathering my steam to come out and, and, right, and mix it up. Right. Well, right. I mean, knowing the good news, knowing what you want, right. knowing how you want to live, yeah. you know, is part of it. But not sharing it, yeah. not sharing it with others, yeah. is like is, is like knowing of a treasure that's buried. Right. You know about it. Yeah, and we talk about fear. There's two types of fears, I think, in this Bible verse. There's fear of the master, um, but there's also fear of ourselves. Fear to do anything. Right. You know, what, yeah. what, do I, what do I do something? I fear of failure. Yeah, I could fail. Right. I think uh, also what I get from the, 
this. It's like how a lot of people get, you know, turned off to Christianity or God or literally have a, you know, find it absurd to try to, like, you know, believe in a sovereign Lord or anything like that, right? Because, you know, like the, the third slave says, uh, you know, I, you know, I fear you because I, 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 in my mind, I, even though the master is not fair, right? He's not a way like that, right? And his explanation was, I feared you, and I, you know, I heard you were a great God. Mm-hmm. You, you, know, you weren't all that wonderful, right? And in a way, <laughs> I hear the argument from people who, you know, talk to about God existing, existing, God's existence or non-existence, mm-hmm. and say, like, look at this world, it's so crappy. You know, how could God let all this crap happen, all this violence and hatred and yeah. so forth? And, um, you know, it is. It's, a, it's an argument. It's, you know, and, and I talked about, you know, like people may say, well, the hell with the church. I don't care what a preacher says because there's so much hypocrisy. It's a cheap way out of it because it's, therefore, I'm not going to do anything. That's the reason why I'm not going to do anything. It's all the justification for why. Like, uh, you know, I worked with criminal justice system, and you hear um, individuals who, um, who um, you know, defendants say, well, but, but, but so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that, and the, answer, and the follow-up is usually, and that's why you did or didn't do what you did. So, you know, you may say, how do you know there's a God, or look at the hypocrisy, or whatever. Ergo, I'm not going to contribute to good things. I'm just going to sell it. I don't know how to say it. I'm going to try to follow the rules and you yeah. know, dot, dot my eyes and cross my T's out for the goods. Right. I mean, when we talk about problems out in the world, it's very easy, especially in today's, you know, Twitter and Facebook and all of that stuff, to collect and receive the bad news. But the hard question is, what are you going to do about it? You know, what's your contribution? Yeah. Uh, how do you make this world um, better. Well, you know, in the everlasting, in, in, in the kingdom of heaven, you know, you know, there is no beginning, middle, end. Right. It's all kind of infinite. But here, mm-hmm. in this world, it's finite. Yeah. And in these, in these last parables, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what Christ is talking about metaphorically is the end of days. Right. Which is a little bit too big for a lot of us to to, to gnaw on, right? We understand life in terms of very finite, you know, mm-hmm. beginning and end. You only have enough time here, you know, to to go out and invest or bury your treasure. This is it. Yeah. This is how you live your life, mm-hmm. you human beings. Right. And you know, we can you can have that idea of the infinite, right? But it's going to remain, you know, intangible. Yeah. The tangible part of this is the active, mm-hmm. you know, part of participating with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, of loving my neighbor. You know, and, right. 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 and, and doing for others. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And, and, and that's that's kind of what I, I think is going on with these parables right now. Because what, you know, what is Christ is saying in, in, in this particular mm-hmm. part of Matthew that we there's a lot of waiting yeah. in that's happening. Yeah. Uh, the bride's bed, the, uh, the, the virgins last week, the virgins and the bridegroom, that parable, there was a, mm-hmm. uh, the waiting of all, waiting for the master to come, mm-hmm. you know, and so forth. Here we're waiting 
of that relationship tangibly, mm-hmm. right, in your lifetime with right. other people, right? That's what you need to do. Yeah. And you know that separates Christianity. You on off mic, we were talking about Zen, yeah, and, and uh, Buddhism or whatever. And I know you have a uh, quote, um, but the thing that separates, you know, because that's another reason why a lot of people focus on other types of faiths as opposed to Christianity, like, let's say, well, I meditate, or I do Pilates, uh, I don't even know what Pilates is, and, uh, <laughs> or I do uh, Zen Buddhism, or, or that sort of stuff. I think the thing that separates Christianity from Zen Buddhism and, and other things like that is time. You know, there is, you know, like you mentioned, it, there's a clock when it comes to Christianity, you know, you know, we're constantly told, hey, you know, uh, you know in, in the parables, Jesus says, there's not a lot of time. You never know the time or the day. Yeah. Um, we've talked about other uh, parables that we've talked about in the last uh, week's uh, episode and, and a couple of others all through Matthew. Each time there's a parable, you know, the parable of the virgins and um, the bridegroom is coming at a certain time. You never know when the time will be. And when we talk about, you know, when earth will be gone, and, and heaven, whether you believe in an external heaven or heaven here on earth, there's always a timetable. And I think that element of time is, a t- is something that's absent in, um, in Zen or in Buddhism and in a lot of others, because <clears throat> Christians, we know Jesus is coming soon. When, when is he coming? We don't know. There are a lot of, you know, um, I'm not going to say crazy, but uh, there's some questionable Christian uh, groups or whatever who says, oh, he's coming in 2012. <laughs> this is going to be the end of the earth right now. That's happened a lot of times. You know, like we've got, you know, Heaven's Gate cults and, uh, and a bunch of other cults that, you know, set a definitive timeline. But time is always of essence when it comes to Christianity. Um, and so... And I, and I think the reason for that is that we know, you know, I haven't worked in, you know, the office or, you know, our own daily lives is always, we're always motivated by time. That was a deadline. Yeah. It's our deadline. Right, right. I think, I think in the Eastern religions, you know, it's more about, you know, self-exploration. Like we were talking about self-examination. Yeah. A very important. Yeah. Relevant thing that's happening right now. What's funny with all this, um, you know, especially the, the, all this revelations about, like, Men coming out, having yeah, yeah, to yeah. examine themselves, having to be publicly sure. examined. Sure, you know whether they did not have like women for war, or whether they come clean with it, like you know uh, Louis C.K. and also Franken, Franken. You know, the, regardless of that, there is this kind of self-examination that's being uh, required, you know, personally mm-hmm. from these individuals, and it's a, it's. Broad coming of some examination of society, of each other. Yeah. It's happening simultaneously. It's, it's almost as if these two factions of living, this kind of zen, going deep, dig in, right. learn about one's enlightenment and one's self. Right. And this explosion of interactive sure. of like, no, man, you're out. You're on the big world now where we all are. Right. You're the fish swim. You're not, you're not in your ivory tower where you can be abusive yeah. or, or, or harass and get yeah. away with it. Yeah. There's, there's no getting away with it anymore. Right. It's kind of like those two 
some satisfaction. Ha ha ha, I got away with it. But there's also there's also that fear of, oh, there's a brick in the air. What if somebody finds out? And I think about, you know, the whole Roy Moore and Al Franken, I'm sure, you know, when these guys did what they did, I'm like, wow, I did this and no blowback. Cool. Yeah. But all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. So you never know the time of the day when not only when, you know, we talk about Jesus coming back, but also you never know the time of day when your transgressions will haunt you. Yeah, and first time and having a community in which to express and mix it up and interact yeah. and not just, you know, bury their talents or, exactly. or bury their feelings or, exactly. or you know, not have to. I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm an old guy. I remember, when, you know, in feminism when I was coming up as an adolescent, it was like, you know, this, I mean, it was kind of like a, a new idea. I mean, yeah. there were books out about, like, you know, Asking women to look at their own bodies. Yeah. But they wouldn't even look at them. And yeah. it's kind of like, well, my body's not for me. It's for them. It's for my husband or boyfriend. Or what, do I, what do I care? Right. You know, there's these things. If I have a cheese plug, you can have an orgasm. Really? I can have an orgasm. I don't allow Right. You know, I, there was this kind of culture of servitude, this culture of putting up with, yeah. you know, this nonsense. Right. And, and, and I don't know how you know, young ladies and young men find my funny. Because it was, it was, it was a real thing. I mean, I, you know, in, in the South, in the Deep South, you know, the same kind of like culture of servitude, Shores culture of just like, oh, you know, you're allowed to, you're not allowed to spend your talents. You're going to bury them. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's yeah. that's it's all changing. This kind of mixing it up is, I think, ultimately fantastic. It needs to go further and further. Yeah, and that's one of the wonderful things about the internet. I think the internet and social media and uh, that has sort of exploded. You know, I'm sure when people first got onto the internet, I remember the first time I got on, it was at AOL in uh, 1995, and you think, well, this is it. This is entertainment. The internet's get well. That's a mosaic. That goes even earlier than that. I had to go to uh, Barnes & Noble to pick up the Internet Star Kit, which is a CD. That was one way back in the day. But you know, you talk about feminism, you know, back in the days of uh, Betty Friedan, who had debated about, you know, women should not try to, you know, um, uplift themselves through the eyes of men. Don't even wear makeup. You know, charge your bra. <laughs> yeah, try to burn your bra. Right. But then you have Helen Burley Brown and uh, Gloria Steinem, who's like, hey, you know, if you're going to get up in life, I mean, it's, it's sort of like Mad Men, Joan. Joan versus, um, was it Betty? I think it was Betty. You know, Betty was like, I'm not going to, you know, get by just by being a woman. I'm going to, you know, use my talents. And Joan was like, hey, I'm getting up because of kids and ass. Great. Okay. <laughs> I got my talents right here. You know, so, um, you know, I, it's so it's interesting how the internet now, not just for entertainment, but now for expression, I can use this to express my feelings and to, oh, you know, to let the truth be known. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's risky. Yeah, exactly. It's risky. I mean, you know, we talked about last week, you know, mm-hmm. how people isolate themselves with the same, sure. the same tool. Right. I mean, it's a, you know, yeah. like, like, blah, blah, blah. Right. It becomes, you know, it can become, you know, a sounding board for yourself or a sounding board for a cause yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But it's a, it's a risky thing. But that's, right. what, that's what the first two servants, I wouldn't want to draw back to the parable. Absolutely. So why? Because yeah. like, that's what the first two servants did. Is yeah. They, 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 uh, they, rather than, you know, 
Isolating them. 
themselves, like the third servant bearing the talents. You don't grow. And um, we think about self-growth, like we talk about Zen meditation or whatever, the best way of growing, finding that inner, you know, inner peace or whatever, or, you know, just inner growth, is by interacting with other people. You know, you learn so much, and you can do it. You can do it on your own if, if you need to. Yeah. I mean, do something. You know, write a poem, write a journal. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell God how you feel writing the letter. Yeah. Text a friend. Yeah. You know, say something. You know, make a make your Facebook post, but say something. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, perhaps perhaps you could do that. Interaction means a lot, and a lot of people who do isolate themselves. We talk about fear and say debilitating things that happened in your past lives when you were younger that have stunted you. You may feel, well, this happened to me, this wouldn't this didn't happen to anyone else, and no one knows the pain that I feel. And a lot of times it just isn't true at all. And you won't know that you're not alone until you speak up and let people know, hey, this happened to me, what it like when well, you share stories and when I share stories. Yeah. People will say, Oh wow, I I went through that too. So, well, you know, it's our, it's our personal faith that's on the line here, I suppose, but, you know, hey, this doesn't really seem high risk to me. <laughs> no, it, it did at first, but, yeah. it, but it doesn't really seem that high risk to me. Yeah, if you remember, you know, we, we had a couple of false starts. Oh, I was just, yeah, I was, and I was really hesitant. But yeah. Finally, it was just like, okay, die, man, you know. Exactly. What, what else can it be? Can it be the opposite? I don't know. safety zone, you know, it's like, I'm not going to get hurt here, right, you know, and, and, and many of us think that that's the way it needs to be mm-hmm. on earth, yeah, and that's the way it needs to be, and, you know, in the next life, or right. the next phase, or whatever you call it, but mm-hmm. if, it, if it's no more, then it's, if it, faith is just believing, yeah, in your ideas, right, and not really risking anything, mm-hmm. Say, you know, realistically, come on. <laughs> come on. That's a, that doesn't get things done. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And it's, it's about the works. It's about the works. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing about the church. I mean, you know, a lot of people say, why do you go to church? Well, I feel comfortable here. I can fellowship here among my own people, which is a wonderful thing. But it, it helps to get out of your comfort zone, to speak to people, to communicate, to interact, to fellowship with people come from different backgrounds, different cultures, uh, who think differently than you are. Yeah, it's about being on a team. I mean, yeah. you know, we've done plays, it's about collaborating. Right. How many times have you had a director say, you know, get out of your head. Yeah. Just get out, you know, leave yourself. Yeah. Leave your, you know, whatever. Yeah. And just start intuitively mm-hmm. talking to a person. Right. You know, yeah. just, just let it happen. Right. You know, we get so cooped up in our own mm-hmm. personal ideas. And, yeah, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard one to do. That's, I like to read that little, uh, I'll go for it, a little, <laughs> yeah. little sin thing. Yeah. We're going to tell you, this is, someone gave me this, it's really cool, it's called mm-hmm. A Cup of Tea. Yeah. And I, I'm probably not going to pronounce any of this right, but mm-hmm. it's all right. It's uh, not in, it was a Japanese sin master in the, mm-hmm. in the Meiji period era, and he was receiving a university professor who came in to inquire with him. Zen, about being a Zen master in Zen practice. Yeah. 
So now I'm going to serve him a cup of tea. And he poured his visitor's cup and was like full. And, and, he, and he kept on pouring. And the professor watched and, you know, it was overflowing until he could no longer restrain himself. He said, it's, it's overflowing. You know, no more tea's going to go in that cup. And, and not him said, well, like this cup and you are full of your own opinions and speculations. How can I show you Zen? Unless you first empty your cup. Awesome. Yeah. And, to, and I think, you know, <clears throat> to me, this is like these preconceptions. Yeah. These, uh, these, this part of our ego that just refuses to, yeah. you know, to, to do something, you know, totally risky. Yeah. How many times have we said, oh, I know that answer. Yeah, I've, I've been there. You know, I, I, and, and, and we just totally shut off the other person when someone's trying to get me. I mean, I, you know, there have been times where this past, um, so I'm doing the show, Civil War Christmas, and the director was giving me some direction. And I sort of knew, I guess based on pride, oh, yes, I know what I need to do. Okay, I got it. I got the direction. Okay, you move on. And she kept on talking, and I had to tell myself, let you shut up. <laughs> you know, listen to her. <laughs> I mean, received the full amount of knowledge. Right, exactly. <laughs> but it's a major reaction. We do it all the time, and for various reasons, and you're absolutely right. We have to truly empty ourselves to take in knowledge. There's, there's a lot of demands in this world, yeah. and, and you have to balance it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can, you can commit yourself to too many things. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to help everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to allow. You have to allow yourself to be focused yeah. on what you can do. Given the same amount of you know, gifts as everybody else, and stop trying to think that you have the same thing as everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, one servant had you know, five times what the other one had. Yeah. To start out with, it's not a matter of he has more or he has less. That's why we talked about how ridiculous it is to think about the talents as real things. Yeah. It's one thing, you've been given a gift, mm-hmm. it's a unique not the same as other people's. Mm-hmm. It ain't what you've got. Mm-hmm. It's what you do with it. That's right. I mean, you know, like you say, like, you know, you know, say like, it's, it's like pricks. You know, you got this prick, you got to be You love them. I mean, you know, you can, you know, it's just like, you know, it's silly. It's just, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, that's not the point. The point is, yeah. it's like, you know, you have it within yourself to make the best use of your life, you know, to, to make the best happiness. Yeah. But it, it involves caring about other people. That is the action. That's yeah. the how. I mean, if you, if I died and I knew I had $10 million or $20 million, yeah. but I never gave anything to anyone, I mean, you know, it's, what's, what's the point? I mean, you know, there are folks who, um, they invest money or they have money and they just store, 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 store it. And they never apply it or use it. You know, like uh, they're, they're folks who could use, you know, I don't know, um, money, you know, just a little bit of money to, you know, to make their lives better or something like that, uh, either to eat or what have you. If you go through a life, like I think about Donald Trump, I mean, he talks about, oh, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. But what have you done with it? Like we talked about the Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates, you know, they're investing their money 
disease in Africa uh, and to uh, to eradicate uh, disease. I think there was something in the news today about uh, this week about their investigating a new um, disease or whatever. But you have to say, right, it's not what you got. What are you doing? Well, it's what are you doing with it right now? You know, it's we're waiting. We're, you know, it's parallel. We're waiting. You know, our lives are waiting. What are we waiting for? What do we do while you're waiting? Yeah. You know, I mean, crisis, and they're talking about you know, coming and returning. There will be lots of times, you know, in the Bible when it's like, well, it's time, judgment time. Yeah. You know, and, and, and judgment time comes when it doesn't come at the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And what, how are we going to spend this time? Right. How are we going to do that? Yeah. That's that's kind of where it's at. I mean, you know, Donald Trump will not spend his time wisely. You know, and he's or for, for the benefit of anyone else. And he's 70 years old. So, you know, look at all those years, 50 years, and a half century, how many steaks are left? Yeah. How many cheeseburgers are left for this guy? Right. Uh, before it's fulfilled enough. Yeah. Before the world is fulfilled enough. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know think about, you know, how, 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 we, how you spend your time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's difficult because we're all very busy. Yeah. We're all stressed out. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of anxiety right now. Yeah. A lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. And when I think about talents, I think about my own personal gifts. What has God blessed me with? The ability to uh, to articulate myself, to the ability to act, the ability to to work. You know, the job that I have, um, I have gifts, and everyone has gifts. You know, a lot of people may say, "Oh, I don't have any gifts. I'm not, I'm not really that talented. I can't really do anything." That's not true. Well, it, talk about this as a wise use of resources. And yeah. that's a lot of what you know we see in this parable on the face. But mm-hmm. it's it's not just about, you know, the, the correct and incorrect way. There's another message here, mm-hmm. which I think we hit on earlier. Yeah. That's you know, to resist fear. Right. You know, we believe already you've already been given, you know, talents, you've already been given resources, mm-hmm. and you can use them and not use them, and mm-hmm. that's good or bad, yeah. you can understand that, yeah. but the deeper message here is, you know, to be a risk taker, mm-hmm. like the first two slips, yeah. you know, do be a doobie, don't be a don't be, <laughs> so they said, yeah, for real, it's just like, you know, resist your fear, yeah. Resist your fear. That's the, yeah. You know, this is the how yeah. and the why. And think about Jesus Christ. I mean, he's talking. The Pharisees are still within him shot. He's still talking to them. So he's risking his own life. Well, when we know what's going to happen. He's going to give his life to us. And um, I imagine this fear in Jesus Christ. But he's teaching all of us, even the, the disciples right there. I'm doing this at risk of my life. I'm going to do it. I'm resisting fear, and I'm teaching you to resist fear. And later on, when, you know, Jesus is arrested, you know, Peter will deny the name of Christ, and uh, the other uh, disciples will sort of scatter away. I mean, that's later on in the text. So there is some fear going on. So they're dealing with a very, very real fear uh, within this time frame. But I think to listen to us is Jesus is dealing with a lot of fear, and he deals with a lot of pain. Or he'll deal with a lot of pain. We, if he can, you know, we can. We are children of God. We can endure it. We can. We can take on the pain. I mean, we can resist 
why Father Justin talked about uh, what are the people that we fear in life. Well, fear's a real thing. Yeah, I mean, it's there. It's not the, resisting it doesn't mean like, you know, you don't believe it exists. serving a subservient master, I mean a, a dominant master, but serving the community who's in need, who can who cannot function unless we are there. I mean if let's say if you know you're about to do the um, the um, the volunteering thing, giving out turkey, I mean giving out chickens uh, to what if you weren't there? What if the church didn't exist? How are those how are those homeless folk people going to eat? Well I don't know. Yeah I mean, today they